With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, August 14th, and we are here trying to help you all navigate your big picture lives and the money questions that are associated with those big picture issues. So, If you've got something going on, if you have a question, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air live. Because if you do that, you check that little box, Mark does everything else. While you're on our website, don't forget that you can subscribe to Jill on Money Live. You can buy my book, The Great Money Reset. You can also do a bunch of free things like check out our weekly newsletter. Do sign up for that. And uh, look at all the stuff, the blog, the video, the resources, all that fun stuff. It's right there. Today, we are joined by listener Thomas, who's on the line from San Diego. I was just talking to a friend of mine from San Diego. And you know what I said to him, Thomas? I said, it's so curious that you're from San Diego because you're neither in the military nor are you retired. And that is probably the same for you. Is that right, Thomas? That is correct. Neither is true. Neither is true. But I presume that San Diego is much more than that silly um, overstatement that I've just made, right? That generalization does not hold true. What else is going on in San Diego? What's what's great there? Well, the weather, the beach, you know, it's a it's a big city. There's lots to do. If you haven't been, you know, it's a great, great zoo (laughs) and great parks, all that stuff. I like that. It's the, the zoo. I mean, that's that's a big plug right there. I mean, it's pretty good. So what brings you to us besides being a shill for the um, the welcoming committee of San Diego? Basically, my mom is turning 81 soon, and she lives alone. Uh, my father passed away earlier this year. Hmm. And my sister and I live in San Diego. My mom lives in L.A., and... Basically, she's lived in that house for probably over 20 years at this point. It's paid off. And she's just been, you know, she's getting older. She's having some health issues. And we've started doing some research into, like, uh, assisted living communities in our area just to get her closer to us. I mean, it's not a huge distance, but it's just long enough that, like, you know, it, it can be complicated to go as often as we probably need to or we'll start needing to. Mm-hmm. 
I've always just kind of thought that when she moves, you know, we'd sell her house and then kind of invest the money. My sister's preference quite a bit would be either to sell the house and buy kind of some property among the three of us, like her, me, and my mom, or keep the house and rent it out, either like lease it or do an Airbnb. And her kind of thing is like, I would manage the Airbnb. I'd manage the leasing of it just because she rents, um, you know, in Southern California is extremely expensive. And I think it it just makes her nervous not to have any kind of property among the family. Wait, when you say she, it makes her nervous, your sister, not your mom, right? Yeah. My mom, getting my mom even to kind of tour assisted living facilities has been kind of a journey Mm, it's hard. Uh, yeah. And, you know, she's been there for over 20 years. She's really into, like, home and decorating and all that kind of stuff. And she likes her house. But, you know, it's like a big suburban house. And it's hard for her to manage alone. So, yeah. So it has, like, so she's put a deposit. My mom has put a deposit on a, a community. But there's a really long wait list, like a year. So we haven't even gone that far. But... I think my mom, without asking her, has always just kind of assumed that she'd sell the house too. Uh, what's the house worth, would you guess? I would say probably around like 1.2. And tell me about mom's other assets, because there's no mortgage on that. So that's a huge asset. But how is your mom paying to keep this up? Does she have other money? Does she have pension? And just give me a little rundown of her financial situation. Yeah, so I'm I manage her money at this point. So, I mean, I would say between social security and a pension, she's bringing in like 4,000 a month. Wow. That's good. I mean, it does take a lot to keep up a $1.2 million home, I presume, right? It's in a, it's in a, like a gated community. So there's like an HOA, there's property taxes, like gardeners come in once a week, house Mm. cleaner comes in once a week, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but does, just, she, you know. but does she have other money from which she's drawing to pay for her living expenses? Because I presume with everything all in, she's spending more than that $4,000 a month. Is that right? Probably not. Oh, I mean, really? Cause, wow. Because between her living expenses and just home stuff, yep. I don't think she's spending more than 4000 a month. Okay, good. That's great. Tell me yeah. a little bit about like her savings, her investments. What else does she have outstanding? I mean, I would say between IRAs and, and 403B and stuff like that, she probably has around like 1.8. Wow. So what you're telling me is she's pulling money out of these accounts because she's 81. So she has to. She has yeah. her minimum required distributions from these accounts. Yeah. And so presuming that her Social Security and her pension covers her needs, what happens once you're forced to take that money out? Does that just go into a brokerage or savings? Where are you, What are you doing with that right now? Like last year, I started doing her money and I did the RMDs and mm-hmm. pulled out around probably 40000 what I've been doing is just kind of moving that money into investments, not in savings, just a savings account. She probably has around 40000 mm-hmm. but And I just want that cushion there. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. And because of her age, like with me, I'm 46. So I would just move that stuff into like mutual funds or whatever. But uh, we've been doing just like really safe stuff. So like, you know, bonds or, or things like that. Typically. So she now has a brokerage account, right? 
Yeah. And yeah. how much is in the brokerage account? The brokerage account, I would say there's probably like about 600000 Dude, the fact that you're like, you, I thought you were going to say 6000 and now you say 600000 which is humongo. So yeah. you're telling me that your mother's got about $2.4 million total. And yet the Social Security and the pension pretty much cover her needs right now. How much will the assisted living cost? So that's a thing. It's one of those communities where, you know, the size of the unit determines how much a month it costs. Um, So and it also how much you pay is determined on what you put down. If you put down a big chunk of money, it's a lot less a month. But if you don't put down any money, it's a lot more a month. So let's do it as she does not put down as much money just for the heck of it. How much would it cost monthly? So depending, it would be around like 12 to 14. A month, 12 to 14 grand a month. Okay. If you had to put the most money down, what's the amount down that you would have to put to drive that that, um, monthly amount lower? For two bedrooms, the range would be 800,000 to 970,000. This is such a fascinating story. Do you and your sister have different financial situations? Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because it I, I I'm hearing that you're like, you know, you're sort of like a little bit less. It doesn't sound like it sounds like you're financially secure. Is that right? I mean, you know, who's ever like financially secure? Well, I mean, you I, are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, like I feel more secure than than she does. Definitely. And this is at least a year away, though, right? I mean, I would say six months to a year. Mm -hmm. I am not inclined to want to keep that house. I'm sort of thinking there's, well, there's two things. Is your sister seeking that house as a way for her to be able to have access to the real estate market when she really doesn't right now? I think for her, it's more of like a safety thing. Like if she, say, got evicted or something, she'd have a place to go. And I think it's also a house in Southern California will probably make more money over, say, the course of 10 years than maybe a bond would. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I mean, like, I, I don't know that. And I feel like that's a little bit of your of like timing, you know, and, and yeah. like and guessing and who knows. But here's one thing to consider. Tell me about her health situation. There is a one reason why I would say that holding the house makes sense, and it is for estate tax purposes. If your mother is in pretty good financial shape, which she is in very good financial shape, she doesn't actually need the proceeds from the house. So there is something to be said for creating some, maybe getting a long-term renter. And I would not Airbnb this thing because I think that's like a recipe for disaster. I would get, a, if you could get a long-term renter in there, that might be good. And what you're preserving then is the ability to make sure that upon your mother's death, that you and your sister receive a step up in cost basis. Because let's say we sold the house right now. What Your mom bought it 20 years ago, right? Yep. How much do you think she paid for it? She paid around 500 and this house is held in her name now, right? Because since your father passed away, or is it in some sort of trust? It's in her name. Okay. If she were to sell the house right now, what would happen is that $700,000 of gain would be part of 
the, you know, just sort of a general gain. She'd get to exclude 250000 of that. But then she would have that $450,000 would be long-term capital gains, which she'd have to pay for. Versus if she were to pass away owning that home, you guys would inherit that asset as if you paid whatever the fair market value was at the date of death. So there is one reason to actually think about potentially keeping that house and it's to get the step up in cost basis. That's the only reason that I would have to keep the house, not about an asset play or what's going to gain more. You know, I really don't know that. I really don't know that. Has your mom done estate planning? Is all this stuff documented in terms of like, you know, her house will pass and this is will go into an estate and this is how the money is going to be divvied up between you and your sister. Is that all done? Yeah. I mean, if that's done, then now I don't really care. I'm I'm okay with her keeping the house and but I would not I would not get involved in Airbnb and I probably would be encourage your sister not to be the one responsible for it. I'd hire a property manager. Do you really I mean I don't know, is your sister good at this stuff or not? No, I mean that's another issue. <laughs> No, she's a potter. She's a cer- ceramicist who's no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but no, like neither of us have, you know, our property managers. And it's also, I mean, again, it would be like, I wouldn't want to get a call, you know, two in the morning from a runner saying, you know, the plumbing's off or something like right, that. I think, right. I think, yeah. All I right. So what I would say is this, if you're going to have, let, so now let's big picture your, you first came on the show to say, what should we do? Should we sell the house? Not your mom's in great shape, right? What's going to happen is you're going to accelerate the, I would, if I were you, while your mother's income is still, you know, 22, 24%, I would start pulling more money out of the IRAs, you know, and just pulling some of that money out and get prepared to pay this big fat uh, monthly amount because your four grand a month ain't going to cut it, right? You've got to get more money in cash to prepare for that. I might think about something in between the 800000 down payment and the zero down payment just to maybe get some of your expenses in line. I'd really have to look at what the options were. I mean, you can blow through you could blow through a lot of money. This twelve to fourteen thousand is this. Does this include meals? Yeah, so it includes things like meals, local transportation, activities, utilities. What it doesn't include, though, which is kind of scary, is if there's more necessary, like personal care. So, mm. like, like you know, help with bathing or help with like eating like so basically it's like an assisted living community but you can age in place but all that is extra so here's what you have to think about with your sister it may be that depending on how the trajectory of your mom's life goes and how healthy she is or is not you may need be forced to sell the house you may need more money you know she's got a lot of money i don't i don't want to put this as like oh my god there's something horrible right because you know there's 2.4 million dollars in investments so just looking at that that's going to give you let's call it 60 70 grand a year from those investments hopefully you know but if you had to sell the house because she needed more care it would your sister has to be prepared for that so you can say look for the time being depending on mom when when mom gets in Sure, let's hold on to the house. But we may be, we may have to sell it and you cannot she can't fight you on that. She's going to have to agree to that up front. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. No, and I think, yeah, yeah. I think we know that. It's just, you know, it's, it is difficult because you just don't, you don't you know. You have an estimate, but yeah, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, I think it sounds like mom is in pretty good shape right now, but I am so convinced when in these situations you cannot get wrap your head around how much that 12 13 14 that like those dollars really escalate fast and you know the other thing is that this facility is this the place like when you said you were on um, you know a bit of a journey is this really the best place for her you know is there some other place that's a little bit more affordable i i don't know but i'm just wondering i'm asking you that aloud We've toured around five places and then showed her three, and this was the only one she liked. And so we're, we're working with another placement agency to get some more recommendations. So it's not like this is the only place, obviously, that exists, but just because it's been so difficult to even get her yeah. to agree, when she finally did put down to get on the waiting list, it was just like such a relief. But yeah, I mean, it, there are other places, obviously. So, I mean, we, we do want to look at other places that are maybe, you know, not a point system and maybe just to include more things. And this is now, and this is towards you guys. Like this is in San Diego, right? Yeah, it's where we live. And okay. it's, it's, it's maybe like 10, 15 minutes from where we are. You know, it's weird. Like people used to live with their families all the time and they still do. But sometimes the trajectory of your parents aging is such that you really can't take care of them in a way that is feasible, you know, that you have to be home full time and that someone's got to be around as the needs increase. And so it sounds to me like that's kind of like where you guys are. So I think you should keep looking. I think that, you know, you, you could potentially hang on to the house for a while. Let's see what you, I mean, I don't know. What do you think it could rent for? You know, I haven't even looked into that. I mean, I I think the, the next step probably would be the, the woman that was their broker who they bought the house from all that time ago. Like they still kind of keep in touch with her. So maybe mm. we could reach out to her and yes. just kind of see you know, what, what her estimate would be. And I also don't even know because of their community, like, would they even allow things like Ooh. Airbnb or would they allow a long-term runner? So that's something we need to like look into. I would look into that because look, let's just say, let's pretend I'm going to make this up now. Let's pretend that this is a million dollar house. It's in a beautiful place. It's LA. It's desirable. Let's say you can make, I don't know, eight, nine grand a month. And you pay a, you know, you pay a management fee, but like you could clear, maybe you could clear seven grand a month for this thing. In addition to her social security and pension, now we're getting pretty close to meeting her needs. Now that house is generating income, you know, in such a way that you guys may not have to really worry about much. Maybe that's, maybe that's all we need. So check that out and then get, let us know what you find out and let's keep in touch because we'd love to help you through this and bring you back on and tell us about the the journey of managing your aging parents trajectory is something else, man. It is for real. And, uh, and I know that many people are hearing this and, you know, you are lucky for sure. You're lucky that you, your parents did such a good job of saving, but every single person has to deal with this with their families and it's intense. So... We understand that and we are, um, we really want to make sure that you know we're here for you. So keep us posted, okay? Okay, great. Thank all you. Right. All right. Now, Mark, 
I'm very into this particular topic because having dealt with it and dealing with it, it's really my cohort. Anyone who's over the age of 45 feels this. So um, I hope that Thomas and his sister keep talking and this all works out, but we'll keep you updated. So if you've got an aging parent or uh, you're a parent and dealing with your um, adult children, all these intergenerational and intragenerational issues are so fascinating to us. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Don't forget, while you're there, you can check out all of our content. You can subscribe to Jill on Money Live and you can buy the Great Money Reset. All right. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.